Welcome to Creating Your Happy Place, a podcast that explores what it takes to create your happy place and then empowers you to do whatever it takes to make sure that your home makes you seriously happy. I'm Rebecca West, host of Creating Your Happy Place and author of the book, Happy Starts at Home, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, a few months ago, I saw a post on Facebook by today's guest saying, quote, she was done with her home. Since she's a former psychotherapist and my whole book is based on the principles of design psychology, obviously I had to know more. Like, how did she figure out that she was done with her home? Did she consider making any changes to it so that it would align with her needs or was it beyond hope? Since she was so confident in her choice to move on, was letting go of her home easy or was it bittersweet? And since she's a Myers-Briggs personality type expert, What has she discovered about her personality type and how it relates to what she needs from her physical environment, and what can we learn from that? So today, I get to ask all those questions. I'm so excited to welcome to the show the creator and owner of The Front Seat Life. She's a life and business coach for intuitive women and an author, a speaker, a Myers-Briggs expert. Welcome to the show, Jessica Butts. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm excited. Those, all of that just got me more excited too, because it's just, this is such a, a, just a brilliant idea you have (laughs) in general for the book, what you do in the world, this podcast. And I love that you reached out. So I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation today. I have been looking forward to it so much. It's rare that I have a conversation where I have goosebumps, but I have goosebumps right now because I'm so excited. Okay, good. Okay. (laughs) Me too. I'm so excited. Well, before we dive into the selling of the home, like let's start with a little bit of context, right? I understand that you're currently living in a one bedroom apartment in Kirkland. You recently sold your home. You downsized by 50%. But before we talk about why you sold your home, let's start with why you bought it in the first place. What did it mean to you to buy that house? Now I have chills. Okay. (laughs) So I like that we're starting there. So I'm just going to be Sue. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it super real today. So (laughs) I got divorced uh, 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and I was really, really determined to do everything on my own Mm -hmm. (laughs) to start over, to build a life, to build my business. I had just recently graduated from graduate school and was literally starting my psychotherapy practice during this time. Wow. Yeah. So I was starting a practice going through a divorce. There was a lot going on in my life and I was very intentional that I wanted all of this to be on my own. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any help. And one of the goals during that time in my life <clears throat> was to buy a house by myself. Yeah. Even if it didn't represent what I wanted in life hmm. at that time it did. And mm-hmm. so that's why, what we're, where we will get to as to why I sold it. But at that time in my life, which was about three years ago, mm-hmm. that's, it was a goal. It was a goal to prove to myself that I could do this, that I could buy a home, <clears throat> that I could buy uh, more than a half a million dollar home mm-hmm. by myself mm-hmm. on my own with my business expenses. It was a, it was a life goal. So yeah. that is why I bought it. It was also in the Seattle area, an incredibly arduous, long emotional process. I probably put 
I don't know, at least six or seven different offers during a two-year period. Mm -hmm. I absolutely believe it was a God moment that I ended up where I was and I loved it for what it represented, right. which was empowerment, pride, and just being kind of a badass. So that's <laughs> why I bought my house. <laughs> I love it. And it was, sounds like it's a little bit of a journey because you got divorced 10 years ago, but you bought the mm -hmm. house three years ago. So that's seven yep. years of building yeah. your practice and building yep. your financial situation to allow yep. for it. Yep. So you, you were determined and you made it happen. Yes. So what changed? Yeah, <clears throat> this is so interesting. So because my goal at that time was to prove to myself that I could do something. I am as an ENFJ, I'm called the giver. I'm also extremely driven, think outside the box <clears throat> and very career driven. Mm -hmm. Are you an ENFJ, Rebecca? I knew you were going to ask me that. So I made sure to know the answer and yes, I am. Okay. So Not terribly surprising. Okay. So <laughs> us ambitious, strong, empowered, courageous, type A go-getter women <clears throat> are normally ENFJ. So that is not terribly surprising <laughs> to me. And so there was that part of me that really wanted to do that process. So what changed is number one, COVID mm. happened. It was uh, a bit isolating. I was in Kenmore in this beautiful, beautiful house, but I was kind of out in the middle of nowhere in a sense. And as a single person, I'm in a partnership and I'm not married, nor do I live with that person. I, I started to reevaluate my life and my goals and what I wanted during a very interesting and isolating time in the entire world, mm -hmm. right? During COVID. And what I realized is that home to me represented a time in my life where I was hustling. Mm -hmm. So I had an entire office of so one of the bedrooms. So I, you know, because your listeners might appreciate this. So I'm one person. It was a three bedroom house uh -huh. with a garage. And what I did during that period of time was I filled that house with stuff. Yeah. I bought stuff. I felt like a capitalist freak. I was so <laughs> disgusted with myself that I just bought more and more and more stuff, right? Huh. Because you buy a house and you just got to fill it with stuff. And so I had a bedroom that was a closet. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a real housewife every once in a while. I'm like, who am I? Like, this is ridiculous. I could be giving this money back. And again, this is just me. Yeah. I could be giving money back, but I just would look at my house and think, oh my God, there's a lot of stuff in here. And mm -hmm. I'm not a hoarder by any stretch. I'm like, a, I would even say kind of minimalist person, but I had an entire bedroom filled with clothes, accessories, shoes. I had a bedroom and I had an, a, an entire garage filled with stuff. And then I also had an office that was filled with stuff. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I just realized I was part of a capitalist society that I wasn't really interested in. I had filled my house with stuff. Mm -hmm. And one day I was sitting in my living room and I was looking at my stuff and I thought, I don't feel nimble or free. Mm. And my number one core value as an ENFJ, and my guess is Rebecca is probably number one of yours too, which is why you're an author and a podcaster, is likely it's freedom. Mm -hmm. Freedom of speech, <clears throat> freedom to do what we want, be what we want, go where we want. I'm a little different. I don't have any kids. I'm also a, you know, a single person. And 
I was looking around my, at my house and I thought, what's keeping me from being nimble? Mm -hmm. What's keeping me from freedom? What's keeping me from living in a van, van life or moving to Malaga, Spain or wherever I want to go. And I thought the only thing keeping me is this stuff. Mm -hmm. I've created this really epic life for myself as an entrepreneur. And I could literally work anywhere I wanted. And I'm now, I felt tied down. Hmm. I felt tied mm-hmm. down. So <clears throat> that realization was like a flood of like, you know, like a fire hose of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it was also a beautiful moment of we change. Yeah. And our homes, I believe, I'm sure you do too, are a huge representation of what's most important to us. Yes. At that time, when I bought it, It was about hustling and building my business Mm -hmm. and apparently buying shit to prove to myself (laughs) that I could buy stuff, right? I was kind of proud of myself that I could spend money and buy these things freely without the pressure of a husband because he was very controlling for a lot of different reasons. And so I had a feeling of, I'm going to decorate this house however I want. I'm going to put stuff and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get a paddleboard. I'm going to have an entire (laughs) bedroom that's a closet because I can, Yeah, because I can, right? And then again, I had a very profound moment of this as no longer what I want. Right. And whether that's pandemic related, or I'm also going through menopause. I think there's a lot of changes around uh, healing my hustle and it just no longer served. Mm -hmm. And I got this wild hair up my booty from my sister about purging. And before I think I even had, I maybe was an inkling to put my house on the market, but before that I even started I even started purging. Yeah. So I went through this crazy process in like a week where I did do buy nothing on Facebook and I gave away about half of my belongings. That's really interesting because obviously there's a lot of ways people can downsize, you know, trying to sell your stuff, giving it to Goodwill or a different charity organization. Buy nothing is a little bit more personal because you're interacting with humans and giving them your stuff. How did that yeah. feel? Great. Actually, that's a really interesting question because a lot of people ask me. In fact, my partner is really adamant on like $25 is $25. And I'm like, we are very different that way. My time is not worth haggling with someone over a dent for $25. Amen. Like mama ain't got no time for that. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I no, I ain't got no time for that. And so one of the things I appreciated about buy nothing is how appreciative people are. Yeah. Because buying nothing is also a mindset of not buying things. Yeah. So there are people on there that will drive, you know, again, it's around your community. So they will drive 10 minutes to come pick up something that you think is not important, but because it's a lifestyle and it's a mindset of, I'm just not going to be a capitalist. I'm not going to be a consumer. I'm not going to buy needless things because other people already have your stuff. It's not (laughs) contributing to the, the landfills. It's not contributing to this global warming problem that we have. Mm -hmm. So 
it felt really good to me for a lot of reasons, but that would be one of them. And then the other is that people needed this stuff. I mean, I, in one purge, I gave away, I calculated, I really thought about it because I I gave away roughly $5,000 worth of clothes in one. And the woman worked at a young girl's shelter and the joy that I got out of thinking stroking me up of the girls that would get to dig through these clothes that I spent all this money Mm -hmm. on just brought me joy. It brought me joy. So I loved buy nothing. I loved it. I loved the entire concept of it and it brought me tremendous joy. So listeners, I highly recommend it. (laughs) And when you were going through that process, obviously we've a lot of people find that first of all, it lightened, it feels light. It feels wonderful. You can almost like develop a muscle around it. And like, it gets easier as you do it more, but there's also stuff that's really hard to let go of. What, What was, what was hard to let go of that you went through? Number one thing, my grandma's dishes. Mm. So, oof. I'm almost, it's hard to talk about. So my grandma brought over these dishes, right? They've been in the family forever and I've used them, you know, twice Yeah. in my, I mean, I got them for my wedding. So my grandma had them and then my aunt had them and then my dad had them and nobody used them. Mm. And then I stored them, got them for my wedding thinking, you know, right. Oh, I'm going to have family (laughs) dinners and we're going to use these. And they're old China. You can't put them in the microwave. You can't wash them. You can't put them in the (laughs) oven. You can't do anything with them except eat on them. And so I've been lugging around this gore and it is beautiful like it's actually a beautiful set of china and that was the hardest and instead i took advice from people like you and i kept two sets so one for me and one for a partner or my best friend or whoever should come over for dinner and if i have a celebratory meal and i want to eat on my grandma's plates and think about her i have one set not three boxes (laughs) that I have never, ever unloaded since the day I got married. Uh, when, I don't know when I got married a million years ago, (laughs) I mean, isn't it uh, weird? 20 years ago. That's how long it's 20 years ago. They've been sitting in a box. So much emotional weight that's been carried around by many humans, not just yourself. It's so weird. And, and, and you know, how many times have I regretted it? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. And I still have a set. Right. I still have a set. You still which have that touchstone. Yes. Yeah. It's weird. Stuff is weird. <laughs> we get <laughs> so wrapped up in this and not once has it made me not think about my grandma. Has it not made me love her? <laughs> right. right? Like there's I some danger think- of forgetting about your grandma just because you don't have her, her plates. I think this is what people think. I mean, you would know better as the expert in this field. Like it doesn't make me less happy. It doesn't make me think about her less. I just have less baggage. I'm more nimble. Again, I can. Yeah. So as you said, I moved from a three bedroom with a garage into a one bedroom and everybody was asking like, are you crazy? Why are you not getting a second bedroom? I said, cause I will fill it with shit. I don't I will fill it with stuff I don't need. And so I am in a, I'm in it right now. I'm working in it. I do my podcast from it. I'm in a one bedroom apartment and you know, what's great, Rebecca. I know where everything is. Mm -hmm. 
I know where everything is. I don't have any stuff that I don't know where it is. I know where everything is right now. That is an unbelievable feeling. How does that balance with, you know, okay. So, so buying a house was a milestone for you. It was important. And I actually have two questions and I can't decide which one to ask. So maybe I'll ask them both. So the first question would be, do you think you could have gotten to where you are without having gone through the milestone? Like, could you have not built a house, bought a house? Never. Okay. Never. There's no, So it's not, it wasn't a mistake. It was an important milestone. Absolutely not. So I don't, so let's just have that conversation. I don't believe in mistakes. I don't believe in mistakes. I just believe that it's information. I'm a huge fan of the concept of choose your own adventure is that if we don't ever, so for those of you who are like eighties kids or seventies kids, I'm 48. So anybody around that age is we are like choose your own adventure books, right? You read until a certain point and then you have to make a decision. (laughs) Well, a lot of people don't ever make a decision. And what happens in those books is you don't go anywhere. You you're done. You literally put the book down and you're like, well, I I guess I'm done. I have no idea what's next. So I believe life is very much like a choose your own adventure book. Mm -hmm. And it's just information. I don't believe in wrong decisions or right decisions. They're just decisions. It might lead to a different ending, but it's Mm. not a better or worse. It's just a different outcome. Couldn't have said it better. Mm. So no, I don't, I don't regret it at all because it's just part of the chapter. Right. And I'm as not so let's talk about type as an ENFJ part of buying that house was part of, of my type was, which is ambition, Mm -hmm. but it was not the part that is freedom. And the freedom to me is now, I mean, I'm going to be transparent, having that money sitting in an S&P 500 Vanguard account, building money every single day. That is a huge not mistake. Mm-hmm. That is a part of, of having it not be a mistake. And no, I could not be here right now appreciating the fact that I now live in a one bedroom apartment mm-hmm. because I would still be thinking, Oh, I wish uh, my ambition would still be, I'm going to buy a house, Right. but, but we evolve and change, especially NJ personality types. So there's four archetypes. Mm -hmm. You and I are the same archetype NJs, which is, um, an entrepreneur. So we are constantly growing, evolving, changing. What can I do next? Like, look at you, I'm writing a book and I'm doing a uh, podcast and I'm sure you're just, you know, doing a million things. Oh, yeah. in the world. I'm listening to you and trying to not talk about myself. Cause I'm like, is this a mirror please that do. I'm talking into? Oh, please talk about yourself. <laughs> this is your podcast. Your listeners want to hear about you more than no, they no, want no, to no. hear about me, <laughs> but this is who we are. <laughs> yeah. We are ever evolving, ever changing. And I think this is also why I am personally, like, this is my BHAG, my very hairy audacious goal, as you have yours, <clears throat> is to help have people have seriously happy homes. Mine is to help people be unapologetically who they are. Right. And our type is to, un- is to know that we are not like the muggle world. So <sighs> 75% of the population, they are actually happy living in the same house for maybe 50 years. And so that's good for you to know with your clients too, Mm. is that there are two very different types of people. We as intuitive types are only 25% of the population. 
Hmm. And so we are the weirdos. We are <laughs> the wizards. If you're thinking about the, the Harry Potter, the muggle world people, like they can stay in the same house. I mean, my dad, he is, we just lost my stepmom of 38 years and his, the love of his life. Mm. And they've lived at the same house for 40 freaking years. And I have to admit, sometimes I am jealous of that kind of personality type. Like there are days when I would love to have a personality type that was content for like half a millisecond. No, it's not who we are, sister. <laughs> it's just if true, right? Yeah. It's not. And I've called being a, an intuitive a blessing and a curse yeah. my whole life. And you know why now? It's a blessing because we're ambitious. We're into personal development. We were go-getters. And it's a curse because of the same reason yeah. we can never stop. And so these people that can live in a house for 40 years and be completely content, I agree. I mean, there's times where I'm like, wow, I wish I could be like that. My, my entire family are S's, my hmm. sister, my mom, my dad. And I've always been this just complete weirdo wow. who's like, okay, what's next? We're okay. I'm going to sell my house, bought a house, sold a house. I mean, I bought it and sold it within three years and yeah. now I'm living here. And then I'm like, what's next? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to, you know, do a van life or maybe I'll move to Spain or move to Maui or, I mean, it's just like, who knows where I'm going to go blessing so and a curse. <laughs> how does that relate to, you know, I'm sure again, it's very different with every personality type, but I think all of us have these ideas of identity and like what, makes us outwardly look successful. And for a lot of people that outward success, a big part of it is home ownership and what totally. we own. Totally. How do you balance, how does somebody with any kind of personality type balance their desire to look successful mm. with the cultural expectations around what that means versus what's going to actually truly make them happy? That's a brilliant question. You know, and my answer has a swear word in it. <laughs> So the, uh, I'll give a nicer answer is we have to define what success is for us yeah. and for intuitive types. So part of why I bought my house was that outward appearance. It was absolutely proving it to myself. I'm a very intrinsically motivated person, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to lie. I mean, part of it was. I want to prove to all of my clients that as a single woman, I can buy a $600,000 house by myself. Yeah. Like that is an outward representation of a girl boss, mm -hmm. right? For sure. And we have to redefine success at any given time for us. Mm -hmm. So at that time in my life, it absolutely felt like success. And right now, freedom mm -hmm feels like success. So it's about identifying what is right now in your life, the highest, yes. most important value. And then yes. really to my work, how does your physical space support yes. or get in the way of that highest priority? And knowing that we change and evolve, whether mm -hmm. you're an S type or an intuitive type, we will change and evolve. I mean, whether it's <clears throat> you know, you're young and having babies or the kids are moving out of the house or you're single or you're going through menopause or you're getting a divorce, like whatever the thing is, or getting near retirement is I, I don't have the same goals that a lot of other people have. My goals have never been to have a white picket fence and a spouse and 2.5 kids. That has just never been my goal. My goal is to live a semi-retired life, to work whenever I want to work, to be able to say whatever I want to say, and to live an unorthodox life. Yeah. That is for me. That is not for everybody. And that is why we've got 
we've got to learn who we are so that we're not comparing ourselves. Because if I am, which I was, I was married and I kind of had the white picket fence life Mm -hmm. and I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I was miserable and I am just simply not meant for that life. But if I look at the rest of the muggle world, right. I'm like, okay, why does a night, you know, I could just get a nine to five and get the husband and do all the things and then think, okay, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why does this not fulfill me? And it's just because we're different. We have different we have different rules for success and that gets to be okay. But because again, 75% of the population is that specific type, we like to compare ourselves again to that of like, why is the nine to five not fulfilling? Why is this orthodox life not fulfilling for me? Why do I always have to travel and have something to look forward to and want to write a new book, right? I know you Stop look at- Stop talking to me. I know, right? <laughs> Don't you look at other people and just think, oh my God, it'd be so nice to just be yeah. content with- yeah kind of a simple life, but we can't, we just can't, we can't. It's the thing that I'm thinking about, as you say this, it's an, it is feeling very personal because good. The position my husband and I are in right now, because of course I also went through a divorce, had a huge physical change in my home environment as related to my divorce. I'm now remarried. He and I are living in a house that we actually both love. Like when we sit out underneath our deck in our private little tree house feeling space, we're like, This is one of the most special places in all of Seattle, but we're talking about selling this house, moving to a duplex that is not, it's surrounded by apartment buildings. The house is lovely, but it's surrounded by apartment buildings instead of trees. And we sometimes question our sanity, but this is all leading to us saying a lot of the same things you're saying. We want to be more nimble. We want to be free to move to Paris to pursue one of his childhood dreams. So we're getting, we're letting go of something perfect with the hopes of allowing room, creating room for something else perfect to come in. And I'll tell you, we're both terrified. It's so hard to let go of something so good to make room for something else, but we can't have both. And I don't wanna look back in my life and go, I didn't say yes to that adventure because I was too afraid to, to let go of this adventure. Pause for dramatic effect. I wish you could replay that, cheer me up. You just said it perfectly. Well, and I'm going through it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that because I think it deepens this connection between you and I, but also for your listeners, because that's really, really powerful, Rebecca. And I watch people as a coach, a therapist, and just a friend. I watch people spend years, years questioning a decision as if it's right or wrong. I have a very dear friend of mine. She's only 52. She's been at a company here in the Seattle area for a million years, 20 years, and she wants to retire. And she's so worried, very similar to what you just said of, but what if Mm -hmm. there's so many good things here, right? They take care of me. They pay me so well, health insurance, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I just said, I cannot encourage you enough. Like you've been thinking about this for two years, like two years of your life has gone by without the new choose your own adventure. Like what could have been behind doors for two years? So Rebecca, that is very, very powerful. And I loved my house too. I loved it. I loved it for that phase of my life. Right. And I can't and didn't want to have both. 
So when you, I mean, because this could apply to all kinds of things in our lives, right? Our physical spaces, our friendships, our careers. And it always feels, at least to me, it always feels like I'm in a gambling casino with my money, right? This thing that is real and tangible. Like I have this money, this money is mine. This money is a sure thing. And I'm asking myself to roll some dice to see if I end up with different awesome rewards. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is so scary. Mm letting go of friendships, letting go of relationships, all with this faith and hope. Like it's a crazy leap of faith. Yep. It really is. Yeah. That really only a few people I think are brave enough to do. And so I think there's two ways for me that I look at that. One is that we are a cylinder of energy. So your body, Rebecca, my body is just a cylinder of energy. However, big or small that cylinder is, it's a cylinder of energy and it gets filled up. And seriously, nothing new can come in. This Mm. is just a law of the universe. If it's filled with stress, decision, fatigue, right? You and your husband, decision, fatigue, decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, if you really think about how much time and energy you spend on work, children, your life, decision, fatigue, whatever, right? How much of that cylinder is filled with decision fatigue? Mm -hmm. Nothing new can come in when it's full. We, it is our job to flush out the bottom, something in there. Yeah. And sometimes that is a decision and it's hard. Just make the freaking decision <laughs> and then see what fills it up. Yeah. I will also add, I don't mean this to be super political, but conservatism right in our country is about the old ways, mm-hmm. like 1776, our country was built and it's like these conservative ways that is old school thinking. And a new way to look at it is what, how can we change the world? Like, if you want the 1776 we lived in, knock yourself out. (laughs) Like that is not the world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world of possibilities and black women running our country and a completely different form of government, Mm. right? Let's get better. Let's get better. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I'm thinking back to my divorce and and about the things that we carry with us, right? We've got our hair and our clothes and our name and our house. And so obviously I went through a lot with my house and my divorce, but I also chose my own last name. Mm. And when I was choosing it, I I chose West and I chose it because it's kind of going West, pioneering, thinking forward. And I really wanted something that was about that. I am moving forward in my life. I didn't want to go back to my maiden name because to me, that felt like I was erasing a chapter that had created who I am. And obviously I didn't want to stay stuck with my married name because that definitely wasn't my life anymore. So by choosing a new name, it was just like redecorating my home and saying, the past still exists. The past informs who I am. The past is how I got here, but I don't want to stay stuck here. I want something that's going to mark this new adventure, as you say. Brilliant. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. I actually kept my maiden name. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I kept my married name. Oh. And a lot of people asked why. And I said, it's it's because it's who I am now. 
Yeah. Like I'm not Jessica Farnsworth anymore. I love who she used to be, but I am this person. It had nothing to do with him. It's, it's my identity now. So I, I like your version better even, but (laughs) yeah, it's not about going back. I love, love, love. I didn't know that. So Mm -hmm. that's a really amazing story. And I mean, may I ask you a question? You can sub this out if you want to, but (laughs) how do you think you and your spouse will make this decision? In terms of moving? Yeah, it's been actually, it's been a really fun exercise in our relationship. We've had so many amazing conversations because there's a lot of different possible ways we can make this happen. So the question was, how are we going to make this decision? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of talking. What's been, there's so much, oh gosh, my brain is buzzing right now, but there's two things that I think are really informing what will happen next. Mm -hmm. So number one is I've done a lot of self-reflection on how do I make sure this is also my adventure, not just his? Ooh, very good. Be- because my mother has modeled two interesting things for me. Number one, she has modeled saying yes to adventures. When she married my stepfather, many things have unfolded because he just went, I have this idea. And she went, okay, I guess we're doing that now. Like going and living on a sailboat, crossing the Pacific Ocean yes. when she wasn't a sailor and she doesn't like water. Oh. Like putting her artist career on pauses in order to follow these adventures. Mm. And it's been Mm. so interesting watching her both say yes to adventure and has led to the most amazing things. And she doesn't regret her life, but it's also cost her other paths, other choices. And so with that as my model, I want very much to make sure that I say yes to adventures, but that I'm also really intentional about how I'm a part of that choice that I'm not just following my husband that we're, but we're creating an adventure together. Beautiful. And so, you know, we're putting things into place with the businesses, with our homes, just to make it possible. But we're also trying to stay really open to the idea that one or both of us might be miserable and we get to pull the plug. It doesn't, that decision doesn't have to be forever either. Yes. Yes. That again, it's just a decision. It doesn't, even if you move to Paris, guess what? You can not live in Paris anymore. You can move back. Exactly. People get so wrapped up in like, it's a decision that has to last forever. It's like, no, it's just going to open up a new chapter. And you're right. You might get there and be like, this sucks. I hate it. I want to go live somewhere else. Then do that. Yep. As my partner always says, choices are a good thing. Yeah. They, they let us practice and flex so that we're ready when the important choices come up. And this is how I always talk about like our homes. People get so paralyzed about small choices, like what color to paint their wall. And I'm like, oh my God, Stop. you can I repaint, the wall. you can repaint tomorrow <laughs> if you hate it today. But if we don't make those kinds of decisions, then I don't think we're ready to make the ones that make that are important. Girl, I could not agree more. Like I, 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 I get a little impatient with stuff like that. Cause I'm like the, it, it, <laughs> the amount of decision fatigue and yeah. the amount of putting your life on hold over a wall decision <laughs> is, is inconsequential. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, like just move forward. But when people are that stuck, there's usually more to the story, right? They, That's very they true. Had a different, very they true. had a different failure with something else or with paint. They got a lot of judgment from somebody that was meaningful to them around that choice. That is very true. You know, we get so much wrapped up in a choice that has nothing to do with 
the actual choice that we're making. Like just thinking about my new marriage and all these choices, a lot of that is being informed by my first marriage and fears Mm -hmm. about making similar mistakes and that may or may not have anything to do with my current situation. And so I try to give a lot of grace when people are having trouble choosing a cabinet knob because it's not just a cabinet knob for a lot of people. There's, Mm -hmm. there's stories that they're telling themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is <clears throat> appropriate to bring up so you can <laughs> cut this out if not, but a, a reframe that I like to use when people are overwhelmed with decisions is decisions are a privilege. Mm. Oh my decisions God, that's are, gorgeous. Decisions are a privilege. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It not just everybody has me. choice. Not everyone has a choice of what color they paint their walls or for you, not everyone has the financial means or a United States of America passport to allow them to move freely or that has the money or the resources to pick and choose their knobs. Mm -hmm. So when we get, I mean, when we get a little wrapped up in ourselves and our own like United States living, like just remember it is a privilege to have choices. Yes, we are. Yes. And perspective goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. So circling all this back to your work and because obviously the work that you do with people is mindset, it's psychology, it's, mm-hmm. it's what's happening on our insides. Mm-hmm. How do you think that relates to what's happening physically around us? And what would you, what have you learned about that? And what would you want people to know about that? Yeah, that's a really great and deep question. So I guess to start, internal chaos comes out in external chaos. For sure. I am absolutely not a, an OCD therapist nor a, you know, a, a hoarding th- therapist, but those kinds of traumas come out in your external environment, right? Mm-hmm. It's over drinking, it's cutting, it's hoarding, it's a mess, it's clutter, it's whatever it is. So that kind of internal chaos oftentimes comes out in our schedule, how we're running late, how our stuff's all over the place. And if there's an internal sense of calm, typically you can have an external sense of calm. I want to ask a question because a lot of this examples you just talked about are they look like chaos from the outside, but I'm assuming that the other end of the spectrum would also apply here when everything looks really perfect. All that control is the exact same. It's the opposite side of the same coin, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess a seriously happy home is right. Your version of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. A form of absolute control is, is definitely not healthy as well. So that what I am an expert on is type. And so I will, I will say your home is absolutely a representation of how you show up in this world. So again, if you are about freedom and independence, <clears throat> do you have a ginormous mortgage that you're now house poor, yeah. right? And you don't have that opportunity. Are you extroverted and you love living in the city and having your yoga studio downstairs like I do and having being able to walk out your front door and have livelihood? Or are you an introvert like my best friend who lives out in the middle of nowhere and has her dogs and her chickens and like that's her sanctuary yeah. as a, a healer. She loves to be, you know, in her own little 
cocooned environment. And so there's a lot of different ways that we can look at our type. And this is the core of everything that I do is who are you? So my whole thing is who are you, where are you going and how are you going to get there? And the, and most people want to start at the end. It's like, well, teach me, let me take action. Let me write, (laughs) let me get married. Let me pick the, the career. Let me have the kids. Let me do the thing. And then they realize, oh shoot, I should have started at square one. I should have actually figured out who I am. And I made the same mistake. I mean, I got married, did the thing, married the wrong guy, built this like very cookie cutter life for myself and went, oh my God, this is not who I am. I am not a cookie cutter person. I am not supposed to be doing this. Because unfortunately some of that self-discovery comes out of trying on some different lifestyles and going, oh, shoot, million percent. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess that's why reinvention is so important. Like for you guys now, you love this house. It doesn't mean that you won't still have fond memories of it. Mm. Just like I do with my grandma's dishes, you will still look back on it as I do on that phase of my life. But a reinvention is what's next. So if we hold on too tight, we can't reinvent. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. So yeah, it just comes back to this type as to what's important to you, looking at your lifestyle, looking at your core values, looking at your personality type, and then literally designing or redesigning a life for you. We get, oh man. Yeah. We just get so hooked up in, yeah, I can't change my wall color or I can't move to Paris. And it's like, yeah, you can. you can. Yeah, you can. But it you does can do anything. It does mean choices and it does mean, does mean trade-offs. And going back to our story, our, our dog died about three years ago. Now we have not chosen to get a new dog, even though Damien would love to have another one, but it always goes back to, we've identified that adventure is a high priority to us. Yes. And we feel very strongly as pet owners that we can't be you know, we have to be careful about how we care about our pets. And so every time a puppy opportunity has presented itself, we have to go back to, but wait, Boom. what lifestyle are we trying to live, which helps us make our decision? Girl, that's so important. And people don't, they don't, I don't think they do that assessment ahead of times. So people have asked me for ever, why don't you have a dog? That's why <laughs> exactly. literally what you just said. Oh, you'd love a dog. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course you would. I would love a dog, but you know what I love more my freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want. So mm. props to you. And I could not agree more. Like what is your lifestyle? Yeah. Is it, I, mean, I remember when I was looking for a house back to that first question and I found this, I mean, a great house in middle of nowhere. And my friends, I had like a team <laughs> of house, house friends that would go with me and they were just like, what are you doing? You'll be miserable here. <laughs> Who are you? Like you're a single woman and you're going to live in middle of nowhere. Like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? But I was so focused on this goal that I almost like did something that is out of who I am. So sometimes yeah. we need other people to help point oh, it out for to us sure. as well. <laughs> well, what you, what you also remind me of is this, you know, staging, right? People stage homes so that people can look at them and buy them. And it's always aspirational. You can imagine yourself having the coffee here. You can imagine yourself gardening over here, but what we think we want 
what we think we should want, what we actually want are not always aligned. And so it's really important not to get seduced by this beautiful garden if you don't want, because a, a beautiful yard, a big home, a big mortgage, any of those things are all anchors. So you'd yeah. better be anchoring yourself to the right thing yeah. or you're going to be miserable no matter how beautiful that garden is. Yeah. Is that really how you want to spend your time? Right. I, my partner, this is a, a great analogy to this. My partner and I went to dinner with some friends who just bought a new house in Seattle. For those of you in Seattle, you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> a total, total nightmare, like an unbelievable nightmare in Queen Anne, amazing location. It's like just the murderiest murderous <laughs> house. It's awful. It's awful. It gutted from top to bottom. And it was a million dollars. Yeah. It cost $985,000. And it needs to be completely and, redone. That's crazy. And, it's and so crazy. My partner here. and I leave and we both get in the car, close the doors. And he immediately says, some people's, some people's goals are not other people's goals. Yeah. Like I love that this is how they want to spend their next five years. That under no circumstances is either one of our life goals. And so people are just different. You're right. Are you getting a dog? Do you have a garden? Do you want to remodel this house? Or do you want to live in a one bedroom apartment that overlooks Lake Washington mm. while you're doing a podcast? They probably yeah. think my lifestyle is crazy at 48 to be doing this. And I think they're crazy. Yeah. Because so, you <laughs> can call the landlord when your dishwasher breaks and it's not your yeah. headache. Yeah. And for how way less rent, I'm sitting here watching this beautiful scenery while my house money is sitting in a account, making me money again. Everyone's awesome. different, right? Everyone's different. So. I love it. <laughs> this is a fun oh, conversation. And I could keep going on this literally for hours, but we can't do that to our listeners. So what would you like to leave people with today? Hmm. Where we just were. I think that's a great place to leave it actually is that you got to figure out what's your dream. Yeah. What's your lifestyle and that your lifestyle doesn't have to be everyone else's lifestyle. Like if you don't want a garden, who cares <laughs> if you want a one bedroom apartment that makes you happy because you want to be nimble, let that be okay. And the F word I wanted to say earlier was F what everybody else thinks and just live your own life. Yeah. Right. Cause then we're going to live life for other people. And really they're not, they don't care about you anyway. It's true. They're, they're too busy living their own life. It's Nobody true. got, no, nobody's got time for that. <laughs> so I just, I think where we left it is you got to figure out what it is that you want to do. And then your home is such an important piece of that. I mean, are you that adventurous that you can do van life? Like I was trying it. I'm a, I'm a little too bougie for that. So it's just, I'm like, great concept. Don't think I can do that. Or yeah. Do you want to be in Maui? Do you want to have a dog and 45 children? Like it's up to you, you get to do or remodel a million dollar murdery house in, in Seattle. Everyone's dream is someone else's dream. Love it. I yeah. love it. And where can people find you? Because I am sure that they are all listening and now absolutely wanting to connect with you. Thank you. So on my website, which is jessicabutts.com, B-U-T-T-S, uh, I have a free personality assessment. It's super fun. People love it. I've had it for like eight years because people still love taking it. So it's at jessicabutts.com. And then I'm an Instagram girl. I love that platform. So I am front seat life on TikTok and on Instagram. Outstanding. 
Thank you so much Thank for being you. here, Jessica. What this was fun. a really great, yeah, yeah, this was great. Thank you. You're very welcome. And to our listeners, obviously, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Creating Your Happy Place and that our conversation has left you feeling more encouraged and more empowered to make your home your happy place, whatever that means. If, of course, you're feeling less than happy in your home, please know that my book, Happy Starts at Home, is meant to be a resource. It asks lots of questions, has lots of exercises in it to help you get back to like, what the heck do you even need from your home and does it support the lifestyle you're looking for? But whether you are or are not happy in your home, please just have the courage to make the changes you need to, to get to the next adventure, whatever that is, so that it all makes you seriously happy. Until next time, 